Today's episode is sponsored by Cool Properties. If you're headed to Las Vegas for a family or corporate outing and want a different experience, if you want to avoid the crowds, traffic, and chaos, you know what I'm talking about. Check out Cool Properties in Mesquite, Nevada, about an hour and a half outside Las Vegas. They offer a variety of property rentals, just minutes away from two world-class golf courses and luxury resorts. Full access to pools, hot tubs, gyms, and they are all located at the clubhouse. Bring the family, huh, or not, rest easy with cool properties. Click the link below for more details. Hey, as a business owner, I love to support small businesses like Ranky Brothers. Ranky Brothers is not just a costume shop, a novelty shop, a magic shop, or a prop shop. It's an experience. Man, we are so lucky to have these guys near us. You can get anything for any occasion, big or small, for purchase or for rental. They even host a state-of-the-art haunted house in the fall. Ranky Brothers is located right downtown Littleton. Check out rankybrothers.com or stop by their store for all your crazy occasions. You will love it. I'm gonna bring mine down just a little bit, maybe, or does it, or is it equal? Yeah. So, okay. Now, yeah, yeah. Tongue and the lips and the teeth. The tongue, the lips, and the teeth. Acting exercises. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was in uh, the movie School. School of Rock. School of Rock. Oh my gosh! I heard a song by him the other. I heard a song that you I had on your yeah. Tenacious D. Yeah. Tribute. Oh my gosh! That song is so much better than the actual the greatest song in the world. The tribute is. You know what I'm talking about oh. on that same album? Oh man! So on the same the song is called Tribute, and uh-huh. it's the tribute to the greatest song in the world. But they have another song that's called the greatest song in the world. Okay. Okay. But tribute is better. I always thought I was like, ah, oh, yeah, tribute that gets you going. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was like, is that Jack Black? It is. Awesome. Yeah. Guys like that, they're like legitimate musicians. <laughs> and Jack Black has got such a great talent for that. What was he in uh, Tropic Thunder? That was hilarious. Oh my gosh. And they do not get caught. No. Yeah. We got a rogue dog. Yo. All right, Bentley. And the bent. The Bentley bent. dog going down. Welcome to Between the Gloves. I am your host, Ken Solomon, and we are here today with Lance, the boogeyman. <laughs> right. MMA fighter. Yep. Fighting for Bellator. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, Lance has been, I've known Lance for what, how long? We, we, I started here May just, of last year. Yeah, almost a year now. Almost one year. Yeah. Been a great instructor for us for almost a year now. And been a, been a fighter with Bellator for... Uh, I had my first fight in June, so just after I started working here. Yeah, yeah. So it's been about nine, ten months, right? Yeah, I'm eager, eager to get another one. Man, you just had a fight uh, that, that was lined up. But you mm-hmm. ended up having yeah. getting injured, and unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game. And uh, yeah, it sucks. I hate pulling out of fights. It's like pulling teeth, but you know, can't go in there compromised. No, no. 
And we won't go into that because it was nothing. <laughs> and now you're better and healed and training again and all that. And it's yeah, really it. exciting as uh, someone to be involved with you, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis to watch your progress, to hear how things are going. This last weekend, tell us what you do. Because all of a sudden this Monday, Lance walks in with a big old belt, throws it over our rack. What's that all about? Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I competed for Naga, and I won a purple belt match. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> I saw this match. Well, there was really no competition there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just being honest. So it was really, really fun to watch. Lance, uh, his, uh, he's got kind of a story here. So let's back up just a little bit to you grew up in Indiana, mm -hmm. from Indiana. Yep. Yep. And um, what, what got you interested in fighting? Yeah. Oh, and got uh, you started? Uh, well, I would say that, you know, growing up, I, I saw a little bit of, you know, the Ultimate Fighter and saw Forrest Griffin um, fight, what's his name, Stefan Bonner. That fight was really big, and I was wrestling in uh, middle school at the time, I think. And I can, I just remember thinking just like, wow, that is so cool. This is a new sport. I think, I think this is, could be something that I want to do one day. So, you know, that along with having wrestled for, you know, uh, I wrestled for like seven years from middle school, high school. I just felt like it was a, you know, really cool transition, you know, into something, uh, you know, that was something where you could actually make money and uh, be a professional at, because you can't make money as a wrestler, you know, there's not really, unless you're an Olympic gold medalist or whatever, but yeah. Or so. a professional wrestler. Well, you know, there, there's that too. <laughs> Can you smell? Well, shout out Pain Train, I know that guy. He's a, he's, he's a professional wrestler. He's a very good. You should have him on your podcast actually sometime. Okay. Dave the Pain Train Mazzani, call out, just so um. you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you were like, hey, I'm gonna, I, I, I love this. I want to keep going. I want to see if I can make some money in it, huh? It'd be, yeah. It'd be great to get paid to play what you, what you know, play around doing what you do. Yeah. So I started doing uh, jujitsu. Um, I first jujitsu class I ever took was in a garage. Um, the guy's name was Cameron Price, and I went there with my buddy Ethan Eastway, and the guy was a purple belt, and man, he just like, he wasn't even trying. And I was like a decent, I was, you know, a high school wrestler. I was just like, this guy shouldn't be able to do this to me. And yeah, he was a, he was a very small guy. He was able to, you know, like resist, you know, top pressure from me being a wrestler and to put me in these different holds and everything. And I, like, I barely knew what an arm bar was at the time. But so, yeah, that was my first taste of uh, jujitsu. And then I had a buddy that I wrestled with, um, he was a part of the Bulldog fight team, and that was out of Osceola, Indiana, which was about 50 minutes or so away. But he was from the same town that I was from. We went to the same school, wrestled together. We started carpooling back and forth um, to Osceola, Indiana. And, yeah, we were fighting on the same cards. Shout out Chase Davis. He was one of the guys that was with me from the start. Really good uh, wrestler, awesome. Uh, you know, he had really good takedowns. He was a great, great MMA fighter. Um, uh, and so we, uh, um, 
fought there with that team for like a while. And then I finally decided that I needed to find a place where I had some more training partners, my size and stuff like that, and decided to make the move to Colorado. And that was in 2018, started training with the Elevation Fight Team. And uh, yeah, so that's how I got here. Nice. Elevation, mm -hmm. tell me about them. Man, a bunch of savages. Yeah, that's what I that's what I gather. Man, there's some big names that have moved through there mm -hmm. and are still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Neil Magny. He's uh, he just won over the weekend. He uh, tied the record for GSP's most uh, um, wins in the welterweight division in the UFC history. And the same night, my uh, buddy Curtis Blades. He uh, had a big win big uh, knockout in the main event and uh, hopefully he's going to be knocking on the door for a title shot soon sweet and then we got justin gaethje he's uh he's going to be fighting charles Oliveira um for the lightweight title um coming up so that's uh you know those those guys are that's at the very top but there's a whole mess of people in between drew dober he's coming off of a really big win um then we also got guys like, um, who else? Uh, Ty Flores, you know, he just fought for uh, the Fury uh, Fighting Championship, Light Heavyweight Championship, and, you know, shout out to that guy. You know, um, the list is endless. <laughs> wow, what an amazing place it sounds like. Yeah. You know, uh, these guys are, um, you're getting hooked up with them mm -hmm. to to train, to spar with and you know what's that like i mean do you go into the gym and, and depending on the day a... it hurts <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna be real with you we take care of each other but you know when it comes time to spar you're like you know this is uh you know we got to get the rounds in we got to prepare ourselves for war so we know we know what we're there for you know and uh we know sometimes uh there's a little bit of collateral damage but i think that for the most part we've got a very good team where we take care of each other for the most part wow you know, I, I heard one of your quotes where you said that, uh, you know, as the tide rises, everyone, all, all boats, how, how did you say that? Ra raise in the tide. Oh, and yeah, the, the tide raises all ships, something like that. There you go, yeah. I don't know if I said that. I, might, I was probably quoting something off of Instagram, who knows. <laughs> but you know what, I love that mentality. Mm -hmm. And you're, you've got a great attitude. When you're, when you're in here, instructing people can tell that you care about them and you know one thing i've learned about you is that you're you're a gentle giant i mean man it, it, watching your fights oh man i never want to step in the ring with you that is <laughs> there uh, you know no doubt i would never want to be in a ring with you uh but in here you know you take care of people you're helping people people you know are learning um you know from basics on up yeah it's got, very re rewarding to give back, to show some of the stuff that I've learned over the years and to, you know, watch people use it and evolve and even put their own spin on it. You know, I see a lot of people in here that have prior martial arts experience and I show them one, one way to do things and then they're like, oh, okay. Oh, and then they do it their own little way and I like that too. It gives it a different spin on it, you know. Um, so that way, you know, we always evolving, you know, always evolving in this sport, 100%. <laughs> well, you're a team player for sure. And, uh, you know, going back to wrestling, so I was a wrestler. My kids were wrestling. I, you know, I loved wrestling. And uh, watching your fights, uh, <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, okay, oh yeah, you can tell 
<laughs> you know, you, you've got a wrestling background. You can, uh, but at the same time, man, um, you've got a real great style and, and, you know, attacking in, you know, just punches, you know, straight on you, you attack, you come, you come in straight on, man, I would never want to get face to face with you because you, you're like a train. You come in, boom, 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 and, and throw punches. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, your, your spins talk about that, man. I love watching your spins. You about knocked a guy out. What was his name? Oh, you're talking about one of the that that Muay Thai fight. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I stopped spinning after that fight because you know it's just not that great of a technique. Um, But you about took this guy out. I mean. Yeah, but it's done. You should have seen him stumble. If you get you you see his, yeah, go check it out. I don't know. Maybe I could start throwing him again. But the spinning back fist, yeah, after that fight, it worked for me couple times but I also broke my hand in that fight so I've got some mixed feelings about that so ah was it on that I I I think it was on an overhand but the spinning back fist probably didn't help oh so who knows (laughs) okay well all right (laughs) but no more of that but that was uh, my first last and only Muay Thai fight broke my hand (laughs) that was a fun fight to watch though so obviously you're an amazing fighter and that's fine but What's that? It's a debatable, but continue. No, <laughs> not debatable in my book. So I'm going to toot your horn all here all day. Uh, so coming up, you're waiting for a, you're waiting for the call training mm-hmm. and getting, getting, you know, every day you're, you're back training full, full out. You're back. Uh, yeah. I try to get it twi- uh, twice a day. So right. at least something. Two a days. Yeah. You're doing two a days. Yeah, that's like pretty pretty normal for people in my situation. Man, well, you got you got to take one day off, so it's like six days a week. <laughs> so what's that like? How long are you training during the day? So um, you know, depending on the day, because you know I've got to you know teach class and everything. Um, you know, try to get to my strength conditioning like at least twice a week and. Also, I've got the team practices that I get to, um, you know, got uh, pound for pound striking. I've been going there uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I also have got um, practice at elevation, um, high altitude. That's uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. So and then on uh, the normally um, I'll get something else besides those classes. And if I don't double up on classes for that day. Because sometimes I'll go and I'll hit, you know, a jiu-jitsu class in there as well over at uh, Easton Centennial. So just trying to go and, you know, I'm still working on my schedule, trying to figure out what's best for me and trying not to overtrain. Because that's one of the biggest things that I've been, you know, working on is trying to uh, get the most out of my training and be the most effective while I'm training. So that way I'm not overtrained in there and I'm just going through the motions because I feel like my time and energy could be spent better you know more efficiently and I feel like that's like the constant you know evolution of the martial arts just trying to go and make how can I go and have the perfect schedule to create the perfect me in the cage and I'm still working on it nice well you also have bigger dreams than this you were we were talking about this the other day so along with your schedule Mm -hmm. which you know Everybody can relate with, I'm sure. Everybody can relate with trying to balance life 
mm-hmm. work, working out, and uh, relationships and that type of thing. So, but in the future, you know, you were telling me yesterday that that uh, you know that hey, you can't do this forever. And no, you can't. I mean, uh, that's not to say that my time is anytime yeah, no, no, soon. Yeah, no, no, we're not. A, yeah, we're not. A, yeah, we're not even that to that point yet. Like, um, get that. But you have bigger dreams, and and uh, we've been talking about maybe um, I don't know. So you're gonna you're gonna go in, start developing uh, some uh, some type of promotion. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I I think that is that one of your dreams. I mean, if you look at guys like Khabib Nurmagomedov, he's just started uh, Eagle Fight, Eagle Fighting Championship, and that organization is on the rise right now. And I'm not saying that you know my organization has to be that huge or anything, but I think that having dreams and admirations of doing something along those lines would be very cool. So you know, own and operate your your own league, um, and you know what's stopping you? Nothing. Right. You know, the sky's the limit. But, you know, like I said, that's uh, that's something for down the road. As of right now, I've got, you know, you know I, I've got one specific goal in mind, and that is to hurt the next person that steps in the cage with me. Right. Love that. <laughs> I love how when we're having conversations, how, you know, you, you seem very overall, very focused. I mean, i got to hand that to you. You uh, when you're When you're instructing – when you're moving from from you know here to the next thing you're a very focused guy and that i mean to me is what it takes to be a you know to to win Mm -hmm. to win a fight uh we were just talking about that again i mean how how you know you want to when your next fight comes Mm -hmm. that's all you're going to focus on you you gotta cut out the background noise yeah yeah but you're taking it, you know, each step, each time, you're you're making improvements, and that's how we all, you know, that's how we get through life is <laughs> learning and learning from our mistakes or learning from you know things, you know, the past and and what we can improve on. And and you know what, one thing is that you have, um, you know, you're learning, and I see this in in you is that, um, you know, we we all we all have this potential physically mm-hmm. and mentally and we only use how much of it you know i see people in our classes you know they can hit harder you know they can work harder and and, and that's our goal mm-hmm. is to encourage people to do their best and to push themselves but are you finding that as you're training and as you're you know looking forward to the next fight are you realizing that some of the limits that you had or have aren't really limits or those limits are being broken and you know explain that to me how's this process going from you know wrestling to where you are now um well i mean i'm always trying to like improve upon my training um you know i've got a bunch of really great training partners so the i guess you know surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you is going to be the first thing to like you know break those walls and everything break those barriers because if you don't have those people around you you're never going to you know you're never going to aspire to be better than yourself you get you have to have you know you have to have a high ceiling you know and i definitely feel like the guys that i train with you know 
you know, they're at the top and I strive to be, you know, as good as they are every time that I step on the mat with them. Right. So that reminds me of something I heard one time that, you know, look at your friends and, or, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. That's so, uh yeah. You, also heard someone say something like you are the sum of the f- five people you spend the most time with. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. So tell me, tell me some, uh, tell me a, a great moment. Tell me a story about stepping into the, the, the octagon and, or along the way, give me, give me some kind of what has I'll, been a highlight for you. I'll tell you about my first fight. Um, I had been training at a gym called Goshen MMA, which didn't really have like any fighters. It was just called an MMA gym. So I, I went there to start with. And this was in? Uh, the, this was in, yeah, back in Indiana. Okay. Back, uh, I had just, um, just started MMA and, you know, training for it. Obviously didn't have my first fight yet. And then I was at one of the gyms in Syracuse, Indiana, and I bumped into my old buddy Chase that I had mentioned earlier. And Chase was like, oh, yeah, man, we have a, we have a fight team uh, at the gym I go to in Osceola. And I was like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, we, we, we fight in South Bend. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I go up there, and immediately the first day, I get my butt beat by this guy named Kurt Kaufman. And Kurt, you know, he was a really good wrestler, dec- decorated, awesome MMA fighter as well. And that's when I realized, so I was like, okay, this is the place where I need to be. So I started training there, and I trained there hard for six months of hard training on top of my, you know, I had wrestled in high school for seven years, a little bit of jiu-jitsu in between. So then I had my first fight in uh, June 2012, so coming up on 10 years ago. And I remember weigh-ins, and I walked in there, and I looked at some of the other guys that were going to be fighting in there. I didn't know who I was going to be fighting, and I saw this one guy, and I was just like, man, maybe I'm going to have to fight this guy one day. You know, just other, like, that was the thought. Right. And thinking back on it, I did. A lot of those people in that room, I did end up fighting, and I beat them. Oh, my gosh. So it was just that moment of walking. The building was called the Century Center. And you walked in there, step on the scale, and then you do your face off. And the weight class I was fighting at was 205 pounds. And I weighed about like 192. So I was really, really on the lighter side. This other guy, he stepped on the, on the scale. He was like 202 or something like that. I was like, all right, you know, he's got about 10 pounds on me. Remember the face off. And I remember just thinking, it was like, I'm going to eat your soul. Like that was my mindset right there. <laughs> I was just like, because I, uh, I was held back. I, um, when I first started training, um, my coach at the time, Todd Brown, he, he didn't want me to fight right away because I told him I had all this experience and everything. I was ready to get in there. But he said, no, nah, I want you to train six months at my gym and then I'll get you a fight. So I had six months to just sit there and think, it's like, oh, it's coming. The time's coming. The time's coming. And then it's fight day. And to be honest, I don't really remember too much of fight day. I just remember walking into the cage and just having this, it's fear. It's fear, but it's in a good way. You know, it's all of this pent up energy and pent up aggression that, you know, I had for a very long time. I lost my mom when I was in high school. And that was kind of what led me to the path um, that I was on. A lot, lot of pent up energy. 
leading into this fight. Um, and so, you know, at the start of fights, it's like an unspoken rule or whatever that sometimes you'll touch gloves. A lot of guys do it, you know, mm -hmm. before the fight. Yeah. Bell rings. I walk out, hand up, expecting to touch gloves like how I had done sparring with all of my other teammates in the past. Instead of touching gloves, this guy kicks me in the chest. Yeah, that was the first second of, the fir of, my, f of my fight. So I take a step back, and I remember thinking it was just like, oh, it's time to go to work. And as this guy got closer to me, I just let loose my right hand, and his jab connected, but my right hand connected over top. And I saw in his eyes he was out. And I threw my left hook. And then he really went out. Dang. Oh, my gosh. All that pent-up Yeah. Two shots. And, and, then, oh and then the, re the referee uh, stopped it. Dang. Yeah. You unleashed all that right there. Boom. And at that I point. I love the fact that he didn't touch your hands. <laughs> you know, I love that he didn't do the little tap thing. Yeah. And you just pummeled him. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was my first fight. Um, ended in seven seconds. Wow. So, um, and, you know, prior, prior to my background, I had just been a wrestler. But, you know, there was something inside me that just wanted, wanted to hurt someone that day. So that's what came out. Dang. They say when you are, you know, up against something, you need to channel it. You need to think of whatever you can to, to bring that all together. And uh, all at one moment, man. You did. Yeah. Well, down. that's uh, they call that martial martial arts prowess. So doesn't matter what's going on, but when the occasion arises, you arise to it. Right. Whatever that happens to be, whether you know it's punching somebody, whether it's going for a submission or a type of scramble situation, to know and be aware of where you are, where your opponent is, and what you need to do to finish the fight or to escape. So, and I feel like some people have that. Some people don't. Some people have the fighter gene where, you know, they, they fight instead of fight, you know, in, when, when it comes time. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm fortunate. I, don't know. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you know, it's a great, uh, it, it's a great thing to um, be on the outside of the ring. I've been outside. <laughs> it's a great thing to be, a, you know, in a corner and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And but it's, you know, to be part of that. But I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could really fight. So. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend MMA for someone of your age, but you could definitely do jujitsu. Talking about. <laughs> oh come on! You... I'm gonna start right now. Yeah, uh, I, I, no, I am not a fighter. No, you should do some jujitsu though. Wrestling translates right into it. You'd be like, "Wow, I remember half of this stuff." Yeah. And then the first time that you go out there for a naga competition, and you're like, "All right, I'm going up against a guy that's same age, same experience level. He's just as as, as afraid as my." I referee these matches all the time. Guys that look just like you, they come out there, they grab a hold of the other guy's lapel, and then they strangle them. <laughs> I can and it's, I could get into that. I, I would love to show you how. Okay. 
I would love to have a day in here with TFK where I just show people how to strangle each other. I mean, that would be fun. You know, I would just call it a strangle class. I don't know. I, the clientele might like that. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> well, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few. If you would like to learn how to strangle someone at TFK, get my number. Yes. Ask at the front desk for Lance. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Lance does personal training. So, hey, hit us up. Hit him up. Come on into the gym. Give us a call. Something. We'll hook you up. Lance is a great instructor. He takes, knows what he's doing and at the same time takes care of people. And this is Bentley. Ben the dog, say hi. Bentley is always in the gym. Everybody loves Bentley. Wow. Sound effects. Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so gotta tell you, uh, we gotta ask. I gotta ask, we talked about this earlier and you were like, hey, remind me. So. Mouth, mouth mullet. <laughs> we were talking about the so mouth what, mullet. So, is that what you have? Is that what you, no, your beard? No, that's like? from the movie, The Adam Project. Okay, and, so and I, he, had uh, a, he had a full-on mustache. And <laughs> no, so you said mouth mullet, and that got me to thinking about mullets in general. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, you know, mullets are for people that uh, you know they they don't got a whole lot of time, so they just go and shave the sides. You know, and then let let it grow out. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you, I can I can respect that because you ain't got time to go to the barber and sit there for an hour. You you, you got stuff to do. You know, <laughs> right. um, but then I was thinking, you know, there's some there's some bad dudes out there that have mullets, and one of them is a guy that uh, learned a learned a lot of cool Darce stuff from him. If you don't know what a Darce is, it's a specific submission in jiu-jitsu, How I won um, my Naga fight over the weekend, but um, yeah. So I did this seminar with Miguel Torres. Um, and uh, he showed us all this cool kind of chokes and everything like that. And um, after it was over with, um, he, he asked, uh, hey, if you guys want to go get some tacos? So we got some tacos with Miguel, and I was just like in awe because, you know, Miguel, former WEC champ and everything like that. And uh, I was like, hey, Miguel, you know, if you were, if you were a guy like me, and I, I had been fighting for a little while, you know, I had a few amateur fights, and I was just like, so if you were, you know, in my position, you could go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States, say, and train. Where would you go? He said, oh, I'd, I'd go train with my boy Neil in uh, Colorado, Neil Magny. And pretty much that's what I did. Um, that's how you got here? Well, yeah. Miguel uh, gave me Neil as a contact. And uh, this was a few years later, actually, because I, I went to Colorado one time. Unfortunately, Neil wasn't there, but I got to check out the MMA scene and everything. I was super impressed. And then, uh, yeah, I got a hold of Neil again, moved out there. And, uh, you know, he was a nice enough guy to uh, rent me a room for uh, a couple years and everything while I was out there and fighting. And, uh, yeah. So Neil was my contact when I first got out here. Great guy, and uh, yeah, now he's doing really big things over there. You know, Neil Neil needs a title shot. That's what Neil needs. He's too he, too nice of a guy to ask for it himself, but he deserves it. He's been fighting for the UFC for a long, long time. Wow. Well, we'll <laughs> we'll definitely give him a shout out. So <laughs> appreciate you bringing yeah. him up. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah. And then uh, you know he gave me a room. I trained with him. Uh, you know for quite a bit I still see him at the gyms get, get some rounds with him every now and then um but yeah um but yeah that was my in with elevation and now you know 
all these guys are like family to me. That's amazing. Well, sounds like a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of savages. <laughs> Civilized savages. Yes. Yes. Usually those guys are are uh just the best people, you know. Inside. Oh yeah, super nice. Yeah. You know, Neil'll give you his shirt off his back, you know. He's that type of person. Yeah. That's great. I forgot to ask you about the boogeyman. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a great nickname. That was given to me by my first mixed martial arts trainer, Todd Brown. And I think part of the reason was because I was like 3-0 and or 4-0 and as an amateur at the time. And he couldn't get any of the local guys to fight me at that point in time. Because remember how I told you, I walked into weigh-ins that day and I was just like, I wonder if I'm going to fight these guys one day. And I ended up fighting a couple of them. You know, and I won. I didn't lose my first amateur fight until it was like five and zero oh until I lost my first one. Wow! So he gave it to you, and uh, it just stuck. Well, he also said it was because I was spooky. He didn't say anything about because of how pale I was, which I thought was you know okay, pale guy, boogeyman, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can people get a hold of you? How can people follow you? Uh, give me Instagram. Boogeyman.mma on Instagram and on Twitter. And then uh, if you want to get my Facebook page like too, I'll post on there every once in a while. <laughs> uh, definitely follow this guy. Got big things coming. Honestly, I, uh, you know, very, very lucky to have found you, ran into you somehow. Uh, and uh, Happy yeah. you gave me a place where I can teach some of these uh, awesome techniques of destruction. You know? <laughs> i got to hand feed these people techniques of destruction from my own hands. Yes, we got to put that one up on the chalkboard there. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day right there. I hand feed you myself techniques of utter destruction, Miguel Torres. <laughs> I love it. All right. Between the Gloves is available wherever you get your podcast. You can find more content on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Total Fitness Kickboxing Littleton. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thanks, Bentley. Thanks for showing up here. Ooh. Thanks for bringing Lance over. Yeah, no, I'm studying like a milli rocket. Skin clear, still look y'all, Andy Miller knocking money in my pocket. Don't call me a money pocket, engine get to rocket. It sound like a thunder rocket. Yeah, I still love my baby even when it's toxic. Crazy like she Britney, but no, she don't shade the knock. No.